Hello there, I'm Julie Vadnall, Deputy Editor of Domino, and this is Design Time, The Rebellious Ones. If you've listened to this podcast before, you already know that we've interviewed some of the biggest names in interior design. But this season, I'm doing things a little differently. I'm going to be talking to rebels, the -the out-of-the-box thinkers who put their creative stamps on our world, whether they work in design, fashion, or even food. After all, you don't have to paint a room all black to be a rebel. So I think that'd be super cool. Some of us engage in tiny acts of resistance every day, and that counts too. Each week, I'll talk to a new guest, a rebellious one, if you will, about how they turn off the doubting voices in their head and how you can find your only you style. Let's do this. Today's guest is as rebel as they come. She's the founder of Megababe, a company near and dear to my heart and my armpits and my inner thighs. And she's also the author of Body Talk, which if you don't have it, it's really a body positivity Bible that you must own. And if you have been following her on the internet as long as I have, you may know her as the mom to toast, R.I.P., I also find Katie so personable that one time I walked by her on the street and waved hello and said hi as if she was one of my actual friends, IRL. And she said, oh, hi, as if she knew me, IRL. And I had to apologize and say, sorry, I just follow you on Instagram. And she was so kind and such a class act. And she said, no, 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 you look so familiar. So I was eternally grateful to that. Today's guest is Katie Storino. I'm so excited to have you. Oh, I'm happy that we had that good street interaction too. I was so grateful that you were cool about it because I, in the instant that it came out of my mouth, the hello, I was like, you don't know her. (laughs) That must happen to a lot. It does happen a lot. But one, I feel familiar with people. Two, I have a terrible memory and I'm always like, do I know you? Maybe I do know you. And then Three, I don't know. I just love meeting new people and hearing their stories or hearing if they like Mega Babe. And I love when that happens. Well, thankfully, for me at least, I'm glad you were so kind. Before we get going, though, I know we sent you a little prompt that we're going to get out of the way first. And I just need you to say, Hi, I'm Katie Storino, and I am a rebel blank. It can be any word you want, it could be a phrase. Oh, I'm ready for it. Go for it. Hi, I'm Katie Storino, and I'm a rebel entrepreneur. Woo! Thank you. (laughs) In case someone has been living under a rock and doesn't have the internet, can you just give me like a 10-second intro of who you are? Yes. (laughs) No pressure. It's getting harder to contain it in 10 seconds, which is probably something I like, but I am a body acceptance advocate on the internet. I'm an author. I wrote the book Body Talk. I have a podcast myself and I'm the founder of Mega Babe Beauty. Wonderful. I also think that you are a rebel and that is really the theme of this season of Design Time and we're talking to people who really think outside the box and do things their own way and you know you started this company that's based on a taboo topic which doesn't even feel taboo anymore because of you. And on Instagram, you call out brands to make your size, which I think is so badass. And then your husband took your last name, which also feels very rebellious. So I want to know if you consider yourself a rebel. I do consider myself a rebel. And I don't think that the last name thing gets talked about enough because it's the coolest thing that he's ever done. It is so cool. I don't know anyone who's done that. 
back to the topic of rebels, I feel like, again, the people who are the most interesting are doing things their way. And I'm wondering, when did this start for you? Did you just wake up one day and you were like, enough? Or you always had a little rebellious streak in you? No, I think I've always had a bit of a rebellious streak in me. I think I've always seen things a little bit different. I don't know that I always acted on it or executed on it well, but the more that I've allowed myself to trust my ideas and my gut, the more I've allowed that side to really come up and flourish. And I would say my rebellious side is probably responsible for all of the things that we just listed that I do. Yeah. I want to talk about your current home because to me, it seems very rebellious in such a cool way. But when you were a kid, were you always redesigning your room? Were you always like, I want to paint it this color or no? No. (laughs) Interior design is something that I have like a real, I wouldn't call it a love-hate relationship. It's more just like, I really like it. Am I good at it? No. I have a lot of ideas that I'm not sure I execute well. I'm not good at pulling together a room. I'm more of like a big idea person with interior design. And then I need someone to come in and like pull it together. I wanted a hot pink bed in my New York apartment. And I'll never forget going back and forth. They were like, you can't do that. It's going to look like you can have like that moment without having a hot pink bed. And I was like, well, you're missing out on the hot pink bed moment because it would have been really cool. We didn't do it. Wait, who's the they who was telling you not to? I was working with an interior designer who I love. But she was like, you're insane. Wait, you said it's love-hate. What's the love part and what's the hate part? There is no hate. It's more just that I'm not good at it. Why do you you think you're good at it? Oh, because we should put wallpaper on the ceiling here in my Palm Beach apartment. And I love it. Many people, when they walk in, are like, whoa, that's crazy. We have the equivalent of a king and a half size bed in the form of a pink couch in the middle of the room. Most people walk in and they're like, your room is a whole pink couch. And I'm like, it's amazing. So there is good is not the, I have a unique sense of design that I don't think everyone jives with. And I feel like that kind of parallels your career, like people who didn't really believe in Mega Babe and you're like, no, I know women need this product, this thigh chafe product, you knew Is there a moment where you're like, that was my riskiest move that I made, or that was my most rebellious moment? I would say it was a very rebellious moment because I had to go against industry experts, manufacturers, retailers. I had to go against a lot of people to really believe that that was a product that was necessary in the world. Yeah. I was thinking about you yesterday and I was thinking about your cool brain and the way you see things differently. Do you walk into a place that a lot of people walked into? For example, I was in a hospital yesterday. Everything's fine. But I was thinking like, wow, this hospital could use a glow up, which is horrible because I know that's not the purpose of a hospital. But do you ever walk into a space that you're like, they should be putting wallpaper on the ceiling or wow. Yes. What what are those places? Places that people dread to be in, like DMVs. Mm hospitals. Those spaces are typically so depressing with bad lighting. And there are often places that people need to spend long periods of time in doing stuff they're annoyed by. So why don't you make it a more entertaining or bright, happy place? Do you think you have an interior design future ahead of you? 
only for like two people who think that who would want the stuff that I like in their home. Like my Jonathan Adler bubble light fixture. I basically did the entire living room based on that one light fixture because I loved it. It made me really happy. I loved the colors. And there are people who look at that light fixture and they're like, this is so wacky. Like I would never put this in my house. And I built the whole room around it. So it's a particular type of taste. What is the taste? Like, would, how would you describe I it? heard that you were the first lady of Palm Beach. So that's just what I'm going to call it. <laughs> Confirm or deny? <laughs> Confirm. I'm trying to be Maine's first daughter. Just watch out for me there. She's taken over, folks. The whole country. I know. <laughs> well, wait, I want to go back to something you just said, which is, you know, when I think about interior design or when I go into other people's homes, you can kind of tell there's two different ways you can go with design. Like you can tell when someone's designing, maybe not for themselves, but for other people or to fit a trend or they saw it on Instagram, which is totally cool. I do that all the time. I get inspired by all different things. So I'm curious to know, or do you care what people think when they come over and look at your lamp? No, I guess I don't care what people think. I guess I never have. And that has probably been very helpful to me because I know people are going to walk in and say, oh, this. And we have two fabric desks in here. Like my husband works on a giant Liberty of London printed desk and that's not practical. And it's not something that I feel like typically for a man creating a space for him to work, like it's been interesting because he's on the same page with me and he's always like, yeah, I love this like pink grass cloth, put it all over. So I guess what I'm just saying is that I do design for what I like and what makes me happy visually. I think it helps when your partner agrees, though. Oh, my God. Can you imagine if he was like, no, it's too much? I would be like, get out. <laughs> no, thank you. No, I've been in those situations where when you live with someone who has a point of view that is not yours, it's really hard. Yeah. And they talk about compromise. I remember when I moved in with my boyfriend two summers ago, there's one particular piece of art that was really just like, I wanted a palette. I wanted to kind of like mood board and storyboard. And he was like, no, things just comes along. Like we're going to find something here. We'll find something on a stoop that we like. No. Yeah. What is your MO? Like when you got this Palm Beach place, how did it all kind of start? I bought the light fixture. The light fixture. And then, and you then just... I was like, this is the theme. Ah, so you kind of had a palette. I've seen that light fixture that kind of like gave you the colors. Yes, truly. Like I was like, this light fixture is how I want to feel in this space, fun, bright, bubbly. And we really bought stuff around that. So I'm like you, I want to like put it together and finish it. I don't want to like have an evolving, like we found this at a flea market. Like I don't want to look at a flea market. I just want everything in the house. Also, I hate going antiquing, which is controversial. Controversial, yes, explain. <laughs> Because I don't have an eye like that. When I look at a pile of old items row after row, I'm like, this is gross and dusty and weird. But if you brought a piece into my space, I'd be like, cool. So that's what I mean when true interior people understand how to search and how and like what's cool and what's good and they have vision. And I don't have that necessarily. 
Yeah. But if you see something you like, why you like it and you know that it will work. Yes. Got it. I think when I, again, since I followed you for so long, saw that you were moving to Palm Beach and decorating, my mind immediately went to like wicker. I think of there's this, we've written about this vintage store there that sells so much wicker. It's called Palm Beach Regency. Yes, we pulled so much stuff from Palm Beach Regency and they actually just bought a mirror. Amazing. Is it wicker? Yes. Well, (laughs) and it feels like Palm Beach did kind of inspire a little bit of design. Also, when I think of Palm Beach, and this is makes you a rebel again, I think of maybe someone a little bit older than you and I. So how did you keep it youthful? (laughs) We limited the wicker and the rattan. I know that that's a big trend down here, but I've always gravitated more towards the pinks and the pastels and the palm prints. In fact, I have had palm print wallpaper in four different iterations of my apartments. So that's in New York. So I've always been big into palm and big into that kind of golden girls vibration, but you can really go granny fast in a not cute way. So we... I'm talking about myself now. We, I really tried to keep it modern and more glamour, like granny. Yeah. What was like on your mood board or did you have a mood board? What were you scrolling? The light fixture. Just the light fixture. I told you it's the light fixture. And then I was like, well, I guess I'm going to need a pink couch and we need some pillows that match the light fixture. And that's one of the things that I, as long as I just keep criticizing my own design taste, I would say that I lack that second part, Nate and Jeremiah on their show always talk about adding architecture to the space. And I think I bring a lot of color and the right palette, but sometimes I I miss those big details that really make a room feel done, like a shelf or something like that. Yeah. I think the problem that I find in my own life with design is restraint. People like Nate and Jeremiah, like they must have said no to a lot of stuff because They said no to like a hot pink bed because they probably have this beautiful texture. (laughs) They're really good at at that. But and I think a lot of that, too, is just picking neutral items. Like I feel like a big trend right now is to just all neutrals, boucle. Do you ever feel like I'm just going to start over and do everything in neutrals? Yes, (laughs) I do have those moments where where I'm like, is this just an acid trip? Because this is when I have those moments. When I walk into someone's house and it's gray and beige and white and like neutrals, I'm like, it's so calm in here and it's so serene. Did we really do this wrong? So it's interesting. I'm going against everything that I've ever said to myself with the house that we're working on in Maine right now because I'm trying to keep it really like calm and neutral there just to try it out and see what it feels like. Does it hurt a little bit? Yes. It's so boring. <laughs> it's so boring, but we we are working with Nicola's Home. They're a design firm in Southern Maine and she has such incredible taste. So I know that it's going to end up looking interesting, even though it's neutrals. You know what I yeah. mean? But that's why I had to work with someone specifically because I don't know how to do that. Well, I have to give you some credit, though, because mixing patterns and colors is also a skill that's very difficult for a lot of people. So besides just basing everything off that Jonathan Adler chandelier, 
how do you know that it looks like there's gingham behind you? Like, how did you know gingham was going to work with maybe some of the stripes that you had somewhere else? Or I thought the blue, because there's blue striped wallpaper on the ceiling and it's all from wall shop. So they have the same tone of blue in that stripe that goes into the gingham. And I just thought the gingham was calming. It feels like a really calm pattern. You know, it's symmetrical. So I thought that this would make for an easy guest room. No, gingham is your neutral. Yeah, gingham's my neutral. My desk is a print. It's like a blue and pink and navy print. And I thought that looked really good with the wallpaper. We have an extra bed that my sister makes me keep for my nephew, but I feel like we we need to get rid of it because there's so much furniture in here. But I'm still working out this room. This room is still kind of... We won't judge you based on this room. Cool. (laughs) How did you decide to put pattern on the ceiling. Did you get that idea from somewhere? Or tell me your your secret. I did. I, w- I went on the Pinterest mm-hmm. and I was just looking at like beach inspired homes. And where did I see it? Nate Turner, he did it in Navy on like a stairway, a hall stairway. This ceiling is low and it just low ceilings bum me out. I hear you. I don't know if that's just a universal thing or some people don't care about a low ceiling. Yeah, but I think but- we're both taller. So Is that why? I don't know. Like a low ceiling, really. No light and a low ceiling and I'm done. So I was like, let's make it a party. Let's make it fun in here instead of feeling like this weird low hallway. Yeah, I get that. Are there trends that you saw as you were scrolling the Pinterest that you were like, I got to do this. And then you're like, wait, that's not me. Yes. The design team that I worked with yesterday came in and suggested like a very trendy, cool coffee bar. I was like, yes. And then I was like, no. I started to notice coffee bars. Are like Wait, a what's thing. a coffee bar? It's like a separate tile from the rest of your kitchen or wherever you are. And it's all set up just around your like coffee station. So you have to have generous space because obviously you have to have like a whole area to make separate. Yeah. Things. That's probably why I don't know what it is. It's not a New York thing for sure. I was like, you know what? I don't need this. And that was a trend that I felt like I didn't. And you're totally okay. I'm living fine without my coffee. (laughs) When I think of you and I think of all the things that you say on your Instagram and do on your Instagram about inclusivity, I was thinking about when I buy a piece of furniture, I tend to think like, will it fit me? Will it fit my body? Like physically fit my body? I think of those really uncomfortable metal chairs that like dig into your hips at restaurants. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I've got a whole thing about chairs. Yes. Well, tell me your thing first and then we'll dive deeper. I was just going to say, yes, I think about this all the time. I think before I go out to eat, I think when I walk into a restaurant, is this going to be a comfortable or uncomfortable meal? I'm always looking for benches when you go out to eat because I love, I always sit with my leg up and I hate feeling like I'm being constricted by these two like metal pieces because so many restaurants have those chairs for some reason there was like a sale at the restaurant shop and they all got them or bistro chairs are also the same level of uncomfortable yes when you don't feel comfortable you're not really having a good time it's like trying to wear something to get out of the meal right so no one's winning here yeah here's the thing i've never understood with restaurants it's like you're inviting people to eat and enjoy the space but we're going to put you in the least comfortable chair you've ever been in. Why? Yeah, it's going to literally cut off your circulation. 
Or leave marks on your legs so that when you get up, you're in pain. Yes. Or the fear that my butt will get stuck in the chair is something that I think about too. I'm like a really narrow chair that I'll get up and the chair will be stuck to me. It's a serious topic to me, at least, because we're saying that like only certain people will enjoy yeah. sitting here and also, enjoying Also, I'm one size larger than the average size woman in this country. So what, what does that say? Right. So when you were shopping, was that something you were looking for? Like, because it's also hard to tell when you're shopping online for furniture, the actual scale of something. And a lot of chairs now go up on the sides. It's like a U shape and that's very popular. And I'm always weary of that because I'm like, will this actually be comfortable? Will I actually fit in it? So how did you kind of... I measure now. Like I don't measure anything, but I will measure the base of the chair and the seat width to see if it's something that will be comfortable. Yeah. Well, because in the restaurant of your home, your guests to feel comfortable. Yes. And I did buy wide enough chairs I made a mistake with the dining room chairs. Tell me about the it. The dining zone. I don't have a dining room. The dining zone chairs were a mistake for different reasons, but they were the correct width, which was great. Yeah. I think about how no one really talks about it, and I was wondering if you would take this on with Make My Size furniture. Dining, dining chair? chairs especially. Yes. I will also tell you that I won't say the brand, but I ordered a little chair and it broke. And I looked at the website no. and it was uh, max weight, 175 pounds. And Stop. this happened last year. And I didn't know there were weight limits on things. So I started looking up weight limits and I was like, whoa, spin bikes have weight limits. So many different chairs have weight limits. Fast furniture, especially if you're ordering from like a Wayfair or something. So many weight limits on their furniture. Um, beach chairs are something that have weight limits. So I think it's really interesting because I, I didn't know that. I just assumed narrow stuff would be my problem. I didn't know that you had to watch out for the fact that like the chair wasn't built to support you. Right. Because nobody talks about it. No. So yes, I am taking it on. <laughs> As if you need another job. You have 14 jobs. I do. So. <laughs> but on the flip side of that, I also think that one of the great things, and I don't know if you've ever thought about it this way, but one of the reasons everyone loves beauty is because you don't need to be a size to wear a lipstick. You can fit into your jeans when you were 14, but still fit into the lipstick from back then. And so I think that's one of the beautiful parts of home design is that you don't need to be a certain size to paint your walls or to buy something to put on your shelf. And I'm wondering if you've ever like thought about design in that way or if it's something that has attracted you to design is the fact that in some ways, I mean, besides the awful chairs, that it is something that no matter what you look like, you can take a part in. Didn't think about that. And now I think you're onto something. I want to go deeper, but I'm like, <laughs> I think that's interesting because you're right. It is just, it's like beauty. And I think it's something where you can, you're on the same wavelength as everyone else. If you like the lamp, you can buy the lamp. And with fashion, it is all about size, even with shoes and everything. Even now with like belt bags and crossbody bags yeah. and like there are certain parts of accessories that you can't really participate in if you're a bigger body. So I think that it is really interesting to think about interior design like that. I hadn't before. The only real restraints are the size of your home, I guess. 
the size of your home or like measuring chairs. I was just going to say society will never judge you for the paint color on your wall. But I don't know if that's true because. Oh, no, society will definitely judge you for the paint color on your wall. (laughs) So we haven't reached peak design acceptance is what we're saying. No, (laughs) (laughs) we've got some work to do. Design is so personal. It's like it's your taste. It's like what you want to see every day. And that I think that's why people do stick with neutral so much. Yeah. But what's unsafe about your humongous king size sofa? I think that people, I'll tell you what they said that it was unsafe about it, is that you're going to get sick of how big it is and it takes up half the room. And that if you had a smaller scale couch, you could have two chairs for a conversation or you could do different, more designy things. But I love Couch Island and I watch a lot of TV. You know, I'm not like that social of a person. So I spend a lot of time on the couch and I'm, I love our couch. I love Couch Island. Do you watch Love Island on Couch Island? That is very funny and I will try it tonight. I've never watched it. I haven't either. I was just hoping that would work out for the sake of the joke, but <laughs> yes, agreed. it's okay. I forgive you. I want nothing more than just a room that's a whole couch. It's like yeah. a conversation pit, but elevated. Yes. Thank you. I'm with you. When I also think about your career and especially with Mega Babe, you made something that didn't exist in the market. Do you feel like you've done that with furniture too, with some of the pieces that you've customized? You're like, wait, that didn't exist. And I'm going to make something. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if anyone wants that. That's the thing. Like, I don't know if people want a printed fabric desk or if they want a giant couch island or... I don't know what people want. You're giving me a lot of furniture ideas, though. And don't be surprised if if I start a furniture. I just want like a tiny percentage, not even 10. That's fine. That's fine. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) I want to ask you about No Reno Reno. It's No Demo Reno. And when we bought this apartment, it's the first place I've ever purchased or owned. And I was like, okay, relax. Let's not like take down walls. Let's update things that we can and your bathroom's from 2003 and that's fine. Let's see what we can do with paint and wallpaper. And I think we've done an excellent job at transforming the space. No demo reno, ironically, always involves demo. Yeah. I was going to ask about that. (laughs) It's like a low wall takedown or like a door frame they covered up. And I'm like, isn't that construction of some sort? But We really didn't do anything like that. This is all paint and wallpaper. It's all aesthetic changes. And look at the difference. I think it's a crazy difference. Yeah. Yeah. I think that some people think you need to like pay $20,000 to redo a bathroom. But as you've proven in just your little laundry room, all you need is some Barbie wallpaper. (laughs) Yes. I think that, that there's so much fun stuff that you can do aesthetically. And maybe that's a product of living in apartment rentals for 20 years in New York and not really being able to do anything demo, real demo. Yeah. I mean, do you consider yourself a crafty like DIYer? No. (laughs) Did you do any DIY? I DI give people a job. DI hire? (laughs) Yes. I have an idea and then I let someone who's good at it do it. I'm very bad at crafting or anything. Like I've never put together furniture. I I just am not good at it. 
Yeah, and I've heard that wallpaper has broken up marriages, so... Wallpaper is crazy, and the only time I've ever tried to do it myself, I messed up the wallpaper, had to rebuy it. So you're a person who's like, we're going to call in the professionals. I can't pretend to be good at everything. Yes, TaskRabbit. Is there a place that I know that you splurged on that you're like, this was totally worth it? I would say the curtains. The curtains were splurged? Yes. Why? The curtains were very expensive. I got Everhem curtains in the living room and there's lots of windows and they're very long. And that was a splurge because I think of curtains, they should cost you like a couple hundred dollars, but this was not a couple hundred dollars. Yeah. But they're beautiful and they feel nice and they make the room look really elevated. Yeah. You know, the other thing that's shockingly expensive that you're like, why are rugs? No, we have cheap rugs. And I will tell you, why I think that was a mistake. Oh, tell me. We have a navy rug that we vacuum like three times a day that just keeps giving, uh, it sheds. It's long stories, right? It just sheds so much and it always looks dirty because I, I think it's because it's cheap. Oh, does it get on your socks too? I hate when that happens. I don't know, but I do know that it is kind of a gross feeling rug. Yeah, so that's would be something that's worth spending money on, I guess you would say. <laughs> yes. But also, like, I can't, I feel guilty to, like, get rid of the rug. So now I'm just, I'm like, you did it. You got to stay with this cheap rug. (laughs) Well, was there a place that you did save money that you were like, thank God, maybe not the rugs? Hmm. Or that you're proud of that, like, when people come over, you're like. Can I tell you what I'm proud of? When we bought this place, we bought it furnished and I got rid of most of the furniture, but the dressers, I had them repainted and. They put new handles on them and totally redid them. And they look like brand new pieces of furniture. And it's not that they were like very expensive pieces of furniture, but they were real wood and they were nice. And I'm like, why am I going to throw these out in the trash, which seems very bad for the environment? And why don't I just reuse them and bring them to life? So we actually paid a lot of money to have them done well. And I feel very proud of of that because I feel like there's just a lot of waste in the home decor, especially with fast furniture. I know. I feel like fast furniture is quickly becoming a thing that people are aware of. And it makes me really happy because... Good. I'm off it. You're off it. How'd you get off of it? Cold turkey? Because I got in it. I got in it and I was like, what? Like a new like chairs. And I was like redoing my apartment in New York like once a year. I was like, oh, this is fun. Like... But it got to feel, one, things didn't last. And I don't know if that was like a weight limit thing or if that was just like a cheap furniture thing. But things didn't really last. They broke. I had to throw a lot of stuff out. And it just started to feel very yucky very quickly. And I was like, you know what? Why don't we invest in well-made things that are more expensive, but we can keep them around? So that's like my new attitude with furniture. Yeah, it's kind of a hard realization to come to because when you're in college, you're moving every year. So you're like, why would I buy anything expensive? And then kind of after college, you're still moving around a lot. I get why people do it, but I also see the value in holding on to something for a long time. And also, if you hate something, like get it refinished. Like, I just feel like we're very quick to throw out old furniture. And I feel like we need to look or we need to sell it. I feel like people also just put stuff in the dumpster, which I hate. Yeah. Get on Facebook Marketplace and list it for free. I've done that so many times in my life. And you have 100 people who want it in a second. So 
don't throw things in the Yeah, garbage. you have 100 people that want it and only like one that will actually show up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> a friend was telling me that last night about selling stuff on Facebook Marketplace. But no, it is great. I found great stuff there and definitely still. Oh, I was a Craigslist girl. I don't even know if you can still list furniture on Craigslist, oh, but can. I used to buy and sell stuff on Craigslist all the time, especially in New York. Well, in New York, here's a hot tip. We got our sofa on Craigslist because the vintage furniture place by us would post it on Craigslist. So it wasn't just from someone's apartment. You know, it was a store doing it. So sometimes in New York, you can find those type of cool Craigslist That's deals. Cool. I've also picked up many things from people's apartments that were just theirs because they had to leave after like a year or whatever. And and you haven't been murdered yet. So not yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to ask you again, as a design rebel, is there advice that you would give to people who are thinking about the design rebel lifestyle that aren't there yet? Like, what have you learned? I think it's your home. And no matter what the designer says, or the Pinterest says, or whatever information source you're seeking inspiration from, no matter what they say, if you put it in your house, and it makes you happy, then I think that that's what you have to do. I'm just thinking about my mom's photos. My mom takes photos while she travels and then she has them framed. And I'm always like, these are not the photos aren't ugly, but like the frames are ugly. And I'm like this, this whole thing. And I'm obviously very judgmental, but I'm realizing that those photos make her happy. And that is why she has them there. So you have to, you have to realize this is your home and it's not about people coming in. Yes. As someone whose mother just designed a bathroom based on Lego. Oh, it sounds like your mom and I would. I actually mom. think you really would. But yes, I've learned that lesson as well. That it's not my house. But maybe my house. That <laughs> I'll connect fun. you to. I'll connect you to. Finally, I want to ask you what your next act of rebellion will be in the design world. Or maybe not in the design world. But do rebels really plan ahead? I don't know. I don't know if Rebels went ahead. (laughs) I think my next act of rebellion will be... Is it Maine? I'm just throwing you. Maine's not rebellious. Yeah, you're right. We're going safe with Maine. I even nixed my green bathroom in Maine. (gasps) I'm making it white. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Well, if it comes to you, let me know. But I want to play a game of Never Have I Ever with you. And I'll say the never have I ever. And you just have to tell me if you've done it or not. And hilarity will ensue. Okay. Never have I ever shopped at Home Goods. I have shopped at Home Goods. Home Goods is amazing. Yeah. Who hasn't? What do you like there? I think their cookware is amazing. Just saying that. I think you can get great pillows there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Home Goods all the way. Never have I ever accidentally killed a plant. Oh, we can't have live plants. Why? Because we are we can't be held responsible. I've I killed a bonsai tree last year and I think that's like a real problem. No, those are impossible. I killed one too. So You did? Yeah. And it was one of those really cute ones that Jenna Lyons had recommended from her show and I, it was a gift and it died immediately. We killed the same bonsai. We're sisters yeah. in the bonsai. R.I.P. Bonsai murder. Okay. Well, don't feel bad about it then. Um, never have i ever fought with a significant other over a decor item um (laughs) (laughs) yes i have definitely fought with a significant other over a decor item end of story end of story (laughs) (laughs) never have i ever cried while building ikea furniture 
I've never built IKEA furniture. I told you, I'm not. I don't. I I'm not good at it. But you've never even tried to do it. I give up very quick, and I just recognize my limits, and I say, someone else knows how to do this. Bless, God yeah. bless. Is that good? I don't know. You've saved yourself some tears, I guess. I yes, yeah, that's true. Have you cried while assembling a, an IKEA? I love a challenge. I actually would like someone to just leave me alone and let me build IKEA furniture all day. That's like my dream scenario. Wow. I could have called you. Yeah, anytime. I'll yes. fly down. <laughs> Come up to Maine. Never have I ever bought a piece of decor or a pillow with a phrase on it. No, I have never. Really? A phrase? No. I have a Palm Beach pillow. Okay, but no, like, live, laugh, love. No, 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 no. I went through a rooster phase. A rooster phase? Yes. When I first moved to New York, I was, like, very into the concept of, like, French country something. And I, uh, you know what it was? It was very, like, not Jay McLaughlin. What's the other brand? It has, like, checkers and roosters and... Oh, Mackenzie. Mackenzie Childs. Yes. I was very into that whole concept. And so I kept getting like rooster items. I get that. Sidebar, I find it so interesting that the Kardashians used to be really into Mackenzie Childs. I don't know if they still are. But like if you go back to early seasons, it's all over their kitchens. That's so funny. It feels like a Nancy Myers time. I don't know what it's like this moment in time. Yeah, agree. Agree. Yeah. Um, never have I ever looked up a friend's rent or house price on Street Easy or Zillow. I have to tell you, if you send me your address, because I sent you some mega babe, I am looking up your house. I look up everyone's How house. much is my rent, Katie? I love to see it. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. I yes. love to know that like people are overpaying. Well, usually if they get a deal, they'll tell you. So it's more to like snoop. Not even. Like they'll be like, we got a deal in quotes. And then you go and I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. That's a deal, huh? That's your deal. We're not the same. Okay. Final one. Never have I ever arranged my books by color. Is this a thing that is bad and passe and weird? Because I bought pink books by the yard when I did my New York apartment. And I did pink books by the yard. And it was like such a thing. And people judge you for that. They do. I don't judge for that because I personally think it looks good and it's fun and makes me happy and that's what matters. Yeah. But people judge for that for sure. They think that you don't actually read if they're arranged by color. Yes. Agreed. Which I didn't read those books. It was like the books that I bought were insane. I think you're feeding into the stereotype, Katie, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) You just said you didn't read the books. Well, they were like the craziest titles, but their covers were pink. So yes, I guess that is true. I read with my ears. I read on Audible. Oh, so and you can't put that on a shelf. Can't put that on a shelf. I don't love owning books. Okay. I think you need to explain yourself a little bit there. Books are not like, it's so funny because my husband has every law book from like school and like keeps every single book he's read and I don't like it get this book out of here. I had a great time with this book, but like, I'm not going to read it again. And now it just lives in my house. Like, I don't have that much space. Well, and in your defense, law books are not sexy. They're not pretty on a shelf. You know what I mean? No, they're very, yeah. So design wise, and I actually feel like a lot of novels right now 
are so well designed that they're almost asking yeah. to be arranged by color? I do think that book covers are the when I was writing Body Talk, I was like, we need a cover that pops. Yeah. And I want all the colors and I want the thing. Because having your book be postable is like a key to success at this point. Yeah. No, it's just the truth. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. This has been such a treat for me, truly. I am such a fan of you and your products. And even if you didn't have products, I would follow you to the end of time. So thank you. And if you want to see Katie's Palm Beach home, it is in our summer issue of Domino. That was so fun. When I found out that I was doing this podcast, my one and really only request in the whole process was that Shadi Al-Hindi, the head of IT at our parent company, Recurrent, read the closing credits. And I know that might sound funny, but Shadi has a voice that I swear could sue the hundred crying babies. And I know this because sometimes when my computer's not working, I am that crying baby. And just hearing him talk instantly lowers my blood pressure. You will hear what I mean in just a second. I'm so excited to share Shadi and his beautiful voice with the world. Take it away, Shadi. Hello, I'm Shadi Al-Hindi. And contrary to popular belief, I am not a voiceover actor, yet at least. But I am the vice president of technology at Recurrent, Domino's parent company. Julie's asked me to read the credits to the podcast you've just heard. I blindly said yes, so I think that makes me a rebel too. And here we are. Design Time, The Rebellious Ones is hosted by Julie Fadnell and produced by Ali Alquiza, with special thanks to Lindsay Mather, Britt Ashcraft, Claire Urshishon, Michaela Klein, Kim Gray, Lindsay DeSimone, and Maria Luna. Our Chief Content Officer is Kate Berry. Our theme music is by the talented Alex Weinstein. And I'm Shadi Al-Hindi, Vice President of Technology at Recurrent Ventures. If you like this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. See you all next week, right here on Design Time, The Rebellious Ones.